Good evening, good day, good morning. My name is Jeff Dubois. I am the author of Life Engineered and A God in the Shed. And with me is my good friend, Paul Inman. And this is Right Brain. Paul, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. And I just want to say welcome to everyone, too. Thank you for listening. Episode number 32 here. That's right. We're going to try to have two weeks in a row, depending on when I can get this to you, JF. But I'm doing well. How are you? How's your week been this week? It's been insane. Um, it's been insane. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I don't really have anybody listening. In case you haven't noticed, I don't have a radio announcer voice. Um, I, if I were more trained in using a microphone, I would, I would talk a lot more using, uh, using my stomach instead of using my nose. But I'm not, so I don't have a radio announcer voice. But it has been insane. Um, mostly because I'm doing edits on God in the Shed, and I have a very tight deadline, and I have a lot of work to do, and a lot of rewrites, but I've had a, one of those moments, Paul, share yes. with me this, like, have you okay. ever had one of those moments when you're writing, mm-hmm. and you're doing something that should be relatively mundane, like, you're writing a scene, and it's, it's, it's going fine, like, it's a fun scene, it's great, it's great, it's, 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 it's there to explain the plot point or whatever, or fix a mistake, and you write it, and as you're writing it, you're going, man, if I just do this here and put this piece of dialogue and this little reference, and then, bam, suddenly you fix like five problems in the entire book. Um, have I ever had that? Well, con- yes, first of all, I will say yes, I have had that happen, considering that Ageless was um, all over the timeline all over the place timeline wise there was a couple of those moments where i was like yes this makes everything work but then i was like crap but people got to read through about 150 pages before it gets there but you know stuff oh, no, like that happened a lot that's oh, a great I, thing I, though I, it's I such that. a great feeling yeah i love i love first of all i love when i'm reading a book and there are some pieces like i'm going okay i hope he's going somewhere with that and i hope he's going somewhere with that and I hope he's going with Tom with this. And then suddenly he was, and it all comes together. So I don't mind that kind of stuff. Like that's a good feeling for the reader too. Oh yeah, you know. Well, and for the writer, let's. I mean, I don't want to compare it to an awesome, but it's like an awesome for your brain. Wow. Wow, I'm not even going to touch that. So, um, my week has been interesting, JF. I mean, I hate to say that the United States is the center of the world, but, you know, maybe it is. And we've had an interesting week since it was election time, and I'm not going to say too much about the election, although it is finished, and that, that is that does make me feel happy in one certain way, but another certain way it makes me feel like dying. You know what I'm saying? So... We're just going to move on because this is not that kind of show. I wasn't if, even going to bring it up. Like, we had a bit of a pre-show. Just ladies and gentlemen, dear listeners, Paul and I had one of the first things I brought up to Paul before the show was, let's talk about this. Let's get it out of our system so we don't bring it up. And the first thing Paul does is he brings it up. Apparently, my system wasn't empty of it yet. So. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, you, sh- you should have uh, uh, probably taken in more fiber. and uh, Yes. It hasn't moved through me. (laughs) But so anyway, that's a thing. Let's let's just move on. Let's talk about books. Um, Yeah, definitely. Although, like, okay, I hate to bring it back up, but... Oh, my God. No, no, no. Let let me go there. Let me go there. We're not that show, JF. We're not that... No, this is about books. This is about books and fiction. Go, go. You're good. Go. There is this kind of fun pop culture theory that 
during a democratic, uh, when, when there's a Democrat as a president, vampires tend to be popular because of the whole imagery of this, this kind of super powered creature that's kind of foppish and like non-sexual and all that stuff. And gotcha. when it's a, um, and this has been kind of the contrary, like this, this theory can be kind of blown out of the water, but if I remember clearly, when it's Republican, zombies are popular because they see basically Republicans are associated with mass consumerism, and that's the whole zombie um, iconography. Now, recently, with you know, you guys had a Democrat, a sitting Democrat president, and zombies have been popular, but whatever. But I'm wondering what we're going to see now. I think Frankensteins are coming back in style. Oh, Frankenstein's okay. See, yeah. I was going. Yeah, I see. No, but I'm That's I'm good. curious how how this these, these uh, results because whether we like it or not, like uh, or not, like a lot of uh, science fiction and fantasy tend to use and borrow from uh, from from actual events and history to yeah, to 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 create these stories. And I'm curious what's going to come of that. Now, obviously, the knee jerk reaction is, oh, there's going to be a lot of dystopian like a post apocalyptic fiction. Whatever. I'm curious about what's going to be a bit more subtle as far as borrowing from reality and events. Like the same way that a lot of people will say that Game of Thrones is the War of the Roses, but with dragons. Right. So I'm, I mean, well, if, we'll if we're going to find a silver lining, I think it's, it's there. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So this week, um, I'm totally just moving on. I'm just going to leave that because I'm done with that. <laughs> I tried, for a bit. I like tried I t- to bring it back to fiction. All right. <laughs> well, all right. what I what I said to JF uh, before the show was, "All right, man, let me have my little escapism." All right, come on. This is I, I need to leave that reality behind for a few minutes. So you uh, planted that. Sorry, I am sorry. Okay, let me sorry. ask you <laughs> this pointed question, Paul Inman, author of Ageless. How has your week been? Writing wise, are it you doing been, NaNoWriMo or anything like that? Well, let me put it to you this way: like, um, it has been uh, my week writing has gone like my week, um, my election week, poopy. It has been bad. I have honestly, I'll be honest, I have been not not good as a writer because I uh, kind of hit a little bit of wall, and I was like, all right, let me take a little break, and I and I just meant like a little while that day. And then that was the last time I wrote. So it's been a few days. And I haven't written anything because I've been super busy, um, which is not an excuse. I know. I know it's not an excuse. Never. But Never. Did you sleep? Uh, I have slept. So then I mean, you I guess had I could time have to write. Writing. I could have been writing, yeah. So um, I have not written very much. Although the good thing is this. I think I've gotten over the, little, the hump in my mind of the where I got the block, you know what I'm saying, where I had a little bit of stoppage and I was like, what is going on here? So I thought I've thought through it and I figured it out. And you know what I did? Actually, this is um I actually did do this week. I mean, did do la 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 la. I know how to talk. I did do this this week. I pulled um my reference copy of Ageless back out and I started going through it again and I started uh I, I started pulling out even the tiniest details that I could really start like um unraveling to try to help my brain 
unwrap itself, you know, to get the knots untied. And yeah, and that's really helped me a lot. So if if you're someone who's working on some kind of sequel type thing, I mean, that, that helps. Even though I know what's there and I've read it at this point, I've probably read it two dozen times, just rereading it again and, and circling things and underlining things and figuring out my, um, bringing back my documents for character development and stuff like that and uh, my timelines and stuff, it just helps get my mind um, back in order. For me, at least. So, uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing. There's, and, uh, there's something, just to add to what you were saying, there is something warm and comforting about taking uh, your manuscript or your finished book and just going at it with a bunch of highlighters, different colors. Right? And, ah, this passage was good, and ah, I need to remember this character, background character and bring him back and just, just go at it, right? Yeah, well, my favorite part about this week, the favorite thing that I did this week when I was doing that, I'm going through Ageless, and I go, oh my gosh, um, I'm reading this like half a page, and I'm like, wait a minute, and I reread it, and then I read it a third time, and I go, that's a pretty major plot hole, and I went, holy cow, how did that happen? And so I, I highlighted, and I circled, and I wrote in the book, and then I read the next page, and then I was like, oh wait, that's not a plot hole, and I scratched all that stuff out that I wrote <laughs> <laughs> I was just so dumb. Oh, I was I, like, man. <laughs> so my week's been re, um, doing the edits on God in the Shed, like very, very quick edits, and there's some rewrites. And I've the scenario you just described has happened to me about five times so far, where I'll get to a part, and I'll read a paragraph, and I go, that makes no sense. I'll rewrite the paragraph, right? and then I'll read later and say, oh, no, it did make sense. It was it was building up to a thing. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. And then, exactly. like, one out of two times, I went back and I went, oh, no, but the new paragraph actually still works and is better. But the, the, a few other times, like, no, I, I undo, undo. This is, this is terrible. <laughs> I yeah, love, so that's I love always editing. fun. That's always fun when that happens. So, um, if you, uh, hopefully, if you enjoyed last week's episode, which was uh, about editing, which we, that was kind of our topic, we are um, touching on a new topic this week that's... Uh, kind of about writing since it is a national novel writing month mm. um and we figure that some of you out there listening are probably participating and to answer your question jf i'm not officially participating i am trying to do a little writing every day but failing apparently you, you so. see this you see this paul i mean yeah. listeners can't see it but i'm this is my disappointment face well it happens it i happens. don't have kids but if i had kids when they you know got a ding on the car this is the face <laughs> you know, if it was only that simple, JF. <laughs> Sometimes it's not that simple. So, um, but yeah, uh, this week we're going to talk about plot structure. That's going to be kind of our, our broad topic this week. And we're going to um, touch on some things that we do. And we're going to touch on some ideas that other people do. And yeah, that's kind of kind of what we're going to be uh, talking about. So if you want to know more about that or our, our uh, techniques or lack thereof, in, in my case... <laughs> um, yeah, stick around, because it should be fun. So, or at least it should be words. We can say that, right? So the, the funny thing is, here, here's the thing. Like I'm doing um, National Novel Writing Month, which is the stupidest decision um, I've made it is. in a while. I've made, And I have some doozies. Um, I've spent six months in a wheelchair at one point. So you know my judgment probably isn't great. That was on a bet, right? No. I know. I'm no, just actually, actually, that wasn't my fault. I don't know why I'm bringing that up. Yeah, um, I was going to say. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, so just when uh, November's about to start, I get my edits. I'm told you have three and a half weeks to do just all the work in the world. And you can't get fired from your day job either. So because you don't know, need to feed myself. 
But I decided, you know what? I'm going to use those edits as my nano. And for my missing word count, I'll work on another project. So I'll spend like two or three hours every night working on the edits until I get to a point where I'm satisfied that um, I, I'm, I'm either become unproductive or I can I can parse, I can split the, the work during the, the week. And then I'll switch. And if I haven't ri- ri- written any words for my edits, I'll write another uh, like 1,600 to 2,000 words that evening on another project just to get my word count. I've been going crazy, which is fun because this is where like two things made the whole idea because of, of, of doing this about plotting um, cool for me. The first thing is you saying we should do an episode about plotting. But the other thing is, well, in my watching. insanity, um, yeah. in, in, in that this, this fever dream that is my life right now, at one point, I was getting pissed at the edits and at Nano and my day job. Like, I got up one morning and I said, the only thing I want to do today, like, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to do edits. I don't want to do any of this dumb stuff. I just want to go to Staples and buy some huge sheets of paper and a bunch of crayons and colored pencils and stuff and just sit down and look at the the, 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 the two or three different franchises I'm building for my books, like these series I'm working on. And I want to plot them out. Like I just want to sit down and write all the character names and events and do timelines with color coding and all this weird, like I just want to go nuts for eight hours in the day and do that. And I don't have time. And that got me so angry. Did you do it? Oh, so you didn't do it. No, I didn't do it because I don't have time. I was looking for a picture, man. I need I, to see it. But I'm going to do it. It's going to be great. But since I'm probably going to get a bit more time, I'm going to get like a cork board and some index. Better idea. And I'm going to get some wire, like some twine with colors. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah gonna I got gotcha. you. Great. I'm gonna it's going to look like that. So that. drunk. I'm going to wake <laughs> up like at the same time as I, when I go to work, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to get ready. And then I'm, I'm just going to drink all day. Order that food is- in and just. Absolutely go conspiracy theory maniac on my book plots. It's going to be great. It's going to allow me to plot like books ahead and then not use any of that because my, I'm going to change my mind two books in. It's going to be fantastic. So, Paul, how do you plot? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's, a t- that's for me. Per, for me, I mean, again, I, I'm not... This is not something that I am used to doing. I don't know. When I was trying to do Ageless, I kind of like had the general idea of what I wanted to happen, uh, or my theme. I wanted my main themes, and then my my main character, the catalyst for the story. I had all that stuff kind of up there, and then I just started writing, because I wanted to see, hey, could I even do this? So I just started writing, and then it took me almost, I think it was around sixteen or 17,000 words before I was like, you know what, I think I'd know where this story is going to try to end up. And it definitely, you know, took some sidesteps here and there, but I pretty much kind of found where I wanted to end. But with that said, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, um, Ageless is not uh, a uh, standalone book, even though, and I find this amusing, actually, this is a little side side note here. Uh, I find it amusing when people write reviews and they go, I'm so glad that this was a standalone book. And uh, I'm kind of like, hmm, Interesting. Because when I did finally get to writing the the um, epilogue that's in the the book, I was like, I know that this is going to continue. And so when people read that epilogue and they go, "Wow, that's a great," e-, or well, maybe they don't say it's a great ending, but "Wow, that's an ending." Um, 
I'm kind of like, weird, I didn't really get that when I was writing, and I felt like I tried to convey that that's not an ending. But, so, the overall thing is, once I figured out what I wanted to do, plot-wise, I just kind of, um, I don't know, man. I'd like, I'd love to say that I have a corkboard, like, over my shoulder back there. And no, that there it's seems to be a with, picture of dogs, monkeys, what is that? Uh, that's actually, tr- there's triplets, they're cousins. Um, they I are stand wearing... by my, uh, I stand by my, what I said. You can't see them from where I am, so that's why. Uh, the funny thing is, though, that um, they they like have angel wings on because they're little, little babies, so um, they're little angels. Anyway, but you, I can see you how... You are a 78-year-old grandma. <laughs> that is my wife's, I don't know. The, I mean, that's my <laughs> wife's side of the family. All right, fine. Look, man, I don't decorate. I sit so, around, and when she hangs stuff up, I go, that's not a good place for that, you know. It's not straight. <laughs> Exactly. And then she gets angry, and then, you know, I write, because I'm like, don't yell at me. I'm writing. (laughs) So, okay, you're... you're, What you described is what I think is called a pantser. Someone who pantses it, or writes by the seat of their pants, does not necessarily prepare, has their idea in their mind, and just vomits it onto paper, and then once it's there, like, rearranges the pieces to form a, like, a, a decent portrait. Like, by the way, which is not a invalid method. Well, I can say that I don't, when I hear people talking about that that's how they write, I don't feel like I do that, because to write something intricately designed like ageless uh it it takes a lot of thought that doesn't mean that i don't i mean like i didn't write it down and i didn't plot every single detail but i would before i started a new chapter i would say okay a b c d e f g h i j has to happen um in order for these things to happen what happens in between those things a1 a2 a3 you know what i mean so i actually did write that out or or some shorthand um, but I didn't necessarily, uh, I didn't necessarily have, um, I had major goals, but I didn't have little minor points in my brain figured out completely. So, I mean, in one way, I'm a pantser, but I feel like I had to be a plotter, too. So, like most people, I'm probably a, a, a combination. But, but with that said, I did ask my wife in the very, very early stages when I started sitting down to work this out. I said, listen, I want to get a corkboard. I'm going to draw this big timeline on it. I'm going to fill in all these character names. I'm going to do all this stuff. And she goes, yeah, no, because we don't have anywhere to hang anything like that. And I go, but, but, and she's but we, like, no. Nope. we could take off like, the triplets with the exactly. angel wings and put <laughs> exactly. it there instead. That's what I'm saying. And uh, she's like, no, no, no. Actually, she's really supportive. She was like, yeah, if you want one, you can get one. And she's like, but you're going to have to put it in the garage. And when I first started writing this book, we had a garage, but we don't have a garage anymore. Oh, that would have been perfect because then you have a garage, which Mm -hmm. already, I mean, garages look already kind of insane. Right. Now you have a garage with a cork board and index cards and colored twine. And no, every time the door opened, all the neighbors would be like, that guy's got a gonna building bombs in there or something. There's no <laughs> way he's not a terrorist. Exactly, exactly. Ah, I wish I had a garage so I can have my crazy Even though corkboard I'm like, there. I'm totally like white bread, so of course I'm a terrorist. I mean, that is a terror. That's You're what a domestic the terrorists are. terrorist. Hey, that's right. There you go. There you go. I have labels now, we're, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I'm going to pull this back because we're going somewhere dark and yes, yes. my... <laughs> My humor isn't very PC sometimes, and I don't want to make too many jokes about Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. Um, so, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what I would call myself, but the oh, way I described it, I understand why you say pantser. That's right. where I was going with it. 
No, it's it, and, and that's the thing. Like one of the things that, and I see this in debate, and my usually my usual reaction to this kind of debate is just to flip everyone off and tell them to calm down. Is when you have people say, "Oh no, pantsing is not a valid meta method," or whatever. Or, oh, plotting is too linear, and blah blah blah. It's, Every technique works differently for different people, and not just that, for different projects. I'll give you an example. Depending on what I write, I will approach it differently. I'm not much of a panther. I usually, if you look at the way I do, um, let's say I write, the way I wrote uh, Life Engineer, and I'm writing a sequel, Arc Android, it's very much based on timeline. It's chronological plotting. Right. Um, I have a series of events. Basically, what I do is... I'll sit down and I have I have my characters and I have a series of events and I have certain uh, set pieces like these scenes that I, f- I really want to write and describe because I feel that they will look cool. And if they fit in the story, they'll just like add this kind of moment where you go from exposition to like character development and then suddenly you have spaceships or whatever. And whoa. Yeah, it's exactly. Jump there. It's. <laughs> But it's 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 a way of just adding a bit. Like usually these will be like your action scenes, or they'll be your scenes where you get to describe something either particularly horrific or beautiful, or you know, just get yourself, allow yourself to really debate um, with words to um, describe Man, you are like just, struggling this week. Yeah, no, it's it's no, I'm having a hard time. I'm completely <laughs> sober right now, so. No, I mean, it, it, it's, 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 these set pieces are just like scenes that you view in your mind and you really want to put the paper. So I'll, I'll put, like, I'll write all of these things down and then, like, and th- these aren't set pieces that are, like, orphans. Like, they're usually, they relate to a character or they relate to a scene. So they're easy to put somewhere in the timeline. And what I'll do is I'll sit down and I'll write this timeline. It's like, okay, well, I, I've got this act one, act two, act three, and I need, like, act one needs to really describe the initial situation. And all these 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 normal beats that you see in a story. Like, life engineer stuff is a bit traditional that way in the sense that you'll have your intro, you'll have your, your sort of um, disruptive element and you'll have your second act, which is how like the heroes discover information everything falls down. Dark Knight of Soul, third act, climax, conclusion. That's the general structure I go with. And But usually what I'll do is I'll take each of these acts and then divide them into their own three acts. And then each of these acts, these sub-acts, divide them again into acts so that every scene is its own kind of story and has a goal. And then mm-hmm. for each of these scenes, a lot of these scenes already exist because I got these set pieces that I dropped in. I've got these characters that I dropped into this timeline. So I need to introduce this character. I need to introduce this, this set piece. I need to introduce this piece of information. So I've got a bunch of quote unquote needs that need to be fulfilled by the story. And each of these needs is fit into a scene, and each of these scenes has its own payoff. And that's how I discipline myself to create, like, to, 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 it, it stops me from just writing purple prose for 200 pages and then patting myself on the back that, man, you really described the hell out of that chair, buddy. Because it allow, it forces me to have a payoff and, and make sure that people, when they get to the end of a scene or they get to in the end of a chapter, they, they, they are either satisfied with a cliffhanger or they're given a bit of information. There's always like something. And I do this just by going from this huge timeline and just dividing, 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 dividing until I get to a satisfactory point. Well, the interesting thing that you said there is about you want there to be a payoff. You want each 
um, each of these little sub acts to have their own like story. To, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the interesting thing to me is like that's how I approached each chapter in Ageless. Each chapter in Ageless, for those of you if you haven't read it, is set in a different time period o- over the course of about a hundred years. Okay, so every chapter that I wrote, um, like like yours, similar similarly, um, I wanted to have a payoff by the end of that chapter, and I wanted that chapter to tell a specific story, um, basically using whatever character was um, the focus in that chapter. So uh, for for my story, Ageless, we jumped around in time, but we also jumped around between a couple of main characters. So there was uh, there's a lot of, like, uh, that makes it kind of difficult for some readers to uh, stay focused and... and, and um, um, really be able to understand what's going on, which was a, a gamble that I did. And for some people, it paid off. Like, um, as I mentioned before, it's interesting when I read some of the reviews that have been posted. Um, my favorite thing is always when people are like, man, every time I got to the end of a chapter, I had to keep reading because I was like, wow, I got to know what happens. And see, that I like. But Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, on that's the how opposite you create a page side, turner. Right. On the opposite side of the coin, um, some people were upset because they got to that point and they flipped the page and the chapter is somewhere completely different and different character and different time. But the overall story is still the same story. Um, you know, it's still telling one story. But anyway, so uh, I, I think that uh, that's something that we have in common. That was my point there. And um, I think it's unique that we get to do this show and uh, we have completely like a... Uh, co- not not contradictory, but um, I don't know synonym, right? So, uh, types of writing styles, you know what I'm saying, and types of storytelling styles, and I think that's neat because then we can have two different points of view, you know. But here's the fun thing, Paul. What? I have a third point of view because oh my this gosh. is how I approach personalities over yeah, there. This is how I approach writing Life Engineered and and right. the sequels because it kind of fits with the mood I want to give to the story. Like, it's it's very structured. And by the way, this plan does not survive editing. Um, no. At the end, like, basically, because I wind up with, like, chapters. Each chapter has three scenes. And, and like, it's, it's super, like, at the end of my first draft, like, it looks so clean, so precise. Like, it's all, like, rules of three everywhere. It's beautiful and then i reread and i say this scene is useless scrap i need another scene in this chapter bloat and it just keeps going and by the end of my all like by by the end of everything it's all changed so it's a good way of plotting initially but it gets where it's very mechanical at first it becomes organic through rewriting you know now that we're talking about this uh, i just had a, a thought Maybe if you're listening, you should listen to this episode and then later listen to the editing episode. <laughs> Maybe I, I think you can read a lot. A lot of our, our listeners, I, I'm willing to bet oh, wait, nonlinear. Come on, come on, perfect. <laughs> okay, fine. perfect. Be that no, way, ageless. <laughs> I'm just right, kidding. <laughs> but here's the thing so, this is how I plotted uh, Life Engineered in its sequel. However, the way I've approached uh, Gone in the Shed. And how I'm going to approach the, the the two other books in that series, and how I'm also going to approach the the another series I'm trying to start if I can find the time. But I've already written like 50 pages of it. I'm in love with that series. I can't wait to get to it. But the way I'm doing this is more using a mind map method. Okay. Do you know what that is? Nope. Uh, well, 
Sort of, yes. I, I can't. I don't want to say no for sure, but I you, sort of you do. do know. You do. Let me reassure. You do because you understand how this whole corkboard thing works, right? And I also use the mind map. And here's a little fun fact. I may have said this before. I don't even remember, but um, the mind map, the an actual mind map image mm-hmm. was where the um, timeline designed for Ageless uh, originated. Like that was the original yeah, idea. Sense. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you can totally see it. So. The, the the way my, the way mind mapping works is is very simple. Like you start with um, something very um, basically you have elements that you link to other elements and you kind of qualify those links as their own elements and you build from there. It sounds mm-hmm. crazy. It's a very visual medium, but what's yep. interesting about creating a proper mind map is that it forces you to remain coherent and it forces you to always have because one of the things. Um, God and Shed is very character oriented. Everything is about it's about the characters, how the characters react, and how they interact with each other. There's very few like there, there's like the world building is very far in the background, um, and there's not a lot of just events happening because they happen. Everything happens because characters make them happen, which means that I had to approach the plotting that um, I couldn't do it just like I couldn't pants it like. Right. I started pantsing it like the first draft and went, this is going nowhere and I had to sit down and just put my, my thoughts in order and just go, okay, well, okay, I've got this character and this character knows these five other characters and the relationship with these f- other characters is like parent, parent, uh, friend, uh, enemy. And then from these characters, keep mapping out that way to create my entire cast and all the relationships and seeing that like laid out like on, on 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 a screen or on a piece of paper really gives a good portrait of how the dynamics work and from those dynamics i was able to keep a straight like a, a coherent pattern of how the story would evolve because it's easy to notice as at some point well okay this is my main character and the story revolves around that main character and you notice that and there's these three characters on the periphery that never connect completely to the main character. And you have to question, are these characters useful? Are they, are they bloat? Are they just like, so you re-explore that and you put them aside, bring them back later and give them a better connection. So it's, it's a very dynamic, very organic way of building things. And I think it works super well for when you're working mostly with characters because that's how I did it and I don't have that much experience. So if there's any uh, anyone else out there that uses mind mapping for uh, for non-character oriented stories, I'd be super interested to know how that works. Yeah, you can actually um, tweet us on on Twitter mm-hmm. at rightbrain underscore. That'd be great, actually. Just if you would just maybe send us a picture of your mind map. Oh, I, I'd love that. Like if any of our that'd be so cool. Any of our listeners that have a book out or have a book that's going to come out wants to send us the spoiler, maybe tweeting. Like tweet us a link. Anyway, I'd love to see like private message us maybe. Like th- a good example. I'd love to see an actual mind map of Ageless because Ageless is one of those things that's kind of complicated and crazy. So awesome, having actually. having a mind map and m- making a mind map after the fact, not necessarily a bad idea if you're going to be writing sequels. Nope. So so I think JF's trying to give me a hint. Maybe. <laughs> If there's anybody out there who's created a mind map from Ageless, that'd be awesome, too. I mean, I'll just go ahead and take yours and build from there. And then, no, I will not credit you. I'm sorry. That's how it works. I'm, I'm, I'm going to create a mind map for Ageless. I'm going to put one tiny error in it. 
Yeah. <laughs> that you're going to carry forward in the rest of the series. I'm going to sabotage find it. everything. I'll find it later and I'll go, wait, is this a plot hole? Yeah, you, and I'll read it three or four times. <laughs> you know, I, I, you, you'll be at the premiere of like the, 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 the fifth movie in the Ageless series and going, oh, wait, no. <laughs> Just this screaming, movie, man, yeah. at, screaming at the screen. It's going to be great. Apparently, I'm milking it if I'm going five movies deep. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right, so here's a selfish reason why I'm curious about uh, mind mapping working for non-character-focused stories. My third series, I want to use mind mapping for completely thematic reason, because it's a series that relies a lot on alien and UFO conspiracy theories, which means that mind mapping on a thematic basis kind of works with this, because it is corkboard and strings and craziness. Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. And the story is going to be about the characters, obviously, but it is a lot less character uh, heavy than Gondashed is. Like, there's a lot more outside events influencing and and and, and impacting the story. It's the the world building is a lot more in your face because the to a certain degree the conspiracies used in the story are are their own characters in a way. So that's why I'm curious to see how that's going to work, because that's also the technique I'm going to use to plot that series. And this is why I was like, oh, man, if I can sit down with a computer, a bunch of big pieces of paper and a corkboard and index cards and just go wild, you can imagine how fun that will be, because it's just pulling up conspiracy theories, writing them on an index card, pinning them on a corkboard and saying, where, how can I connect this to some other dumb stuff? All the while listening to Alex Jones in the background or, or George Nuri from, uh, from Coast to Coast AM and just letting myself go crazy. But, you know, I'll be honest, man. Sometimes um, when, I'm start, when I'm thinking about the plots of, of anything, like usually, you know, you got that one seed. Plotting is just a lot of fun, man, I think. I think it's just a lot of fun. Oh, to, to the, fig, the, the figuring it out stuff. I love it's, that stuff. It's a creative bender. That's yeah, I love it's, it. It's it, great. It's going in there. What I love, and it's it's one of the things that I absolutely adored when I when I went to 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 Weed Road to to meet with um with with, with Akiva Goldsman and his team and and Adam from Ink Shares and and Brooklyn Weaver from Energy Entertainment. I didn't know what to expect. And it turned out that the whole meeting was just brainstorming. And there's something about brainstorming with people who get what you're trying to do with your book, respect the work and are like creative professionals. And I love brainstorming in general. And I can brainstorm on my own. Like I've done a solo episode of Right Brain. That's how it sounds when I'm brainstorming. Um, I yell at my cat a lot. So it's, I love because I love brainstorming because when I compare it to a creative bender, I mean it. This is, it is literally just going to a bar or a series of bar. Like there's no limits to anything. It's like, oh, I, I can have a beer and then have some vodka and then go back to beer and have some wine. Like there's no, there's nothing stopping you from experimenting and doing all the crazy things. And it's only at the end when you're having your hangover, your creative hangover and you, you've Put, you know, you put out everything that you, you've tried everything out and you've got all these pieces of papers, all these notes and all these ideas everywhere. And you're, you're having your creative hangover where you've got your headache, you're nauseous, you're trying to make sense of what happened the previous night. That's when you, that's, that's when you get all these, like these little, like there's a, a lot of coal, but there's a few diamonds in there. And that's when you get to pull those out. And it's, ah, it's the best. Good story, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I want no, I, to I think brainstorm that's great, a lot. No, that's great. I love it too, man. It's and it's the most. I think it's one of the most fun things about this. Um, about I mean, the one of the most fun things 
fun pro- blah, parts of this process. Mm-hmm. Sorry, man. I don't know what's going on. I can't talk this week. It's um, fine. It's fine. Clearly, I have no problem. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, that's one of my favorite things about this whole process because, like, as as I'm sure you're aware, uh, I like to create all kinds of things, including writing and uh, videos and music and all that stuff. And I think it's why I like that part, this part, the plotting part so much, is because when I'm creating all the other stuff, I get to do more of that kind of um, creative um, dumping or whatever you want to call it, you know? Um, I made an alcohol analogy and you're going immediately to toilet humor. Well, I don't know if I, I mean, can respect that. Well, the problem is, is all, it was all the alcohol. I'm sick yeah, now. Sick. Fine. <laughs> that's fine. So, yeah, I mean, that's why I think that's why it's my favorite thing because, like, I get to experience that in many different forms, and or maybe it's maybe it's because that I like that that I branch out to many other different things. Maybe I don't know. Um, that's something to uh, maybe think about. I, I don't know. All right, so before we go, I want to put this forward. Like, There's a ton of different plotting methods. There's one that's very popular right now that I haven't tried yet that I want to talk to you about. Yeah, let's do and it. And hopefully I don't get it too wrong. Um, it's something called the snowflake method, mm-hmm. which looks neat. And I'm curious, like, I want to, like, I'm, I'm curious one day, like, that I'm, I'm going to step into a project and go, oh, man, this is snowflake method type of doing things. And... If I understand this correctly, and listeners, if I describe this wrong and you're laughing at me and saying, what an idiot, just send me send us, send us me an email. Like, get in touch with me and, and, and set me straight because I'm curious about this method. It seems very popular, and I believe there's probably a good reason for it. My understanding is, from the snowflake method, is the idea of building your story like a snowflake. So basically, you start from like a center point, which would be like a very simplistic one-sentence description of your plot. And then, then you 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 boost that to a, a more complex description of your plot, like a one paragraph, where you start naming characters, and then you take those characters from 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 that paragraph and you you sort of move them out, like a, as as branches of your snowflake, if you will. And I'm not sure that's the proper analogy, but whatever. And then you give them their own one line description, and then their own paragraph description, and then you move from that, and you keep building that way. Until you have this quote unquote snowflake, I guess, is there where you have this, 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 all these descriptions, you have all your plot points, you have all your, 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 your little story elements and all your characters and everything's described in a way that you're not missing any important element and all the important elements have a quick description so that you quickly understand what you're talking about, but also a more complex description from where the other branches go. So you end up with, uh, instead of having just like the, like the mind map method can get crazy, you can easily wind up, like when I said, like you have all these, these three characters on the side that mean nothing, you can, you can wind up with that easily with a mind map, but with the snowflake method, you kind of don't, because everything that you build is always related directly to something that you've already declared a need for. So if 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 I'm if I'm describing like the, the, our plot is Paul Paul and JF are going to make a podcast and then I describe Paul and I describe Paul Inman is the author of Ageless and Paul is married to Kim and I can say well Kim is Paul like 
Kim isn't useless. I know Kim's somewhere in the story because she's married to Paul and Paul is making the podcast. So if uh, it, that's why we mentioned like that the, 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 the frame with the three babies with angel wings, that's Kim's thing. It's not a known, it's not a, 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 a new thing. Like it's not a no element. It's, an, it's a known entity in the story. So I find that super elegant as a way of building a story. That seems like an interesting way to do it. I, I don't. I don't know. I was like, while you're describing it, I'm just listening, obviously. And uh, I, uh, I have never personally heard of this, but it sounds like it could be challenging. I think it could present some some challenges for for me the way I, I develop my ideas. Because again, I don't. I don't have a way. That's that's part of my problem at the moment. That's why I probably got hung up writing on timeless because I don't necessarily have a way. Um, I, I don't. Would, I don't. If I were in your shoes, what I would do is, if if you're if you're at this point in timeless where maybe you think plotting would be a good idea, try different methods to get your different plots, and then go. No, this one. That's that's what's giving me the best results for this, and you can go with that. Which, believe it or not, that's why I suggested this topic so ah. we could talk about it, and I could start like really like focusing in. Well, a as, little bit more. as as you probably saw from how I introduced the topic, I'm not that interested in talking about it. No, so, not at all. I want to explain one of the reasons why the snowflake method, like I'm kind of hesitant describing it. Here's a fun thing. When I research the snowflake method, I end up with two types of articles describing it. Contradictory articles that describe it in different ways or articles that want to be to charge me money to get the actual details. Oh, that's interesting. Like, so like websites that are like, hey, you can know all about this for $49.99. No, no, it's super cheap. And I guess if at some point oh, wow. I go, this is what I want to do, I might actually look for one of the more reputable books on the subject. But it's it you know, it's like ninety nine cents or three ninety nine or something like that. Like it's 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 affordable, affordable. Oh, not- but usually like these sites will have a short description that, you know, oh well, I I get what you mean philosophically, but I don't have the details of how it actually works. And, oh, if I want to know more, you you want me to buy your Kindle book. Okay, fine. I get it. So it's th- this is why maybe, like, it sounds like I don't have it clear. Like, I have, a, I have a clear idea in my mind of what I think it is, and I'd love to try that. <laughs> and if the Snowflake method turns out to be something completely different, I'll look into that. But that's, that's a, a sort of a third option that we haven't necessarily talked about that I think is interesting. Well, you know, like again, like um, we're trying to trying to get a little more interaction from our listeners out there. So, if you have used the Snowflake method, or if you use a different method that we haven't really brought up for your plotting, um, let us know. Tell us about it. Like, why do you like it? Why do you hate it? Like, what works for you? What doesn't work for you? And uh, maybe if you're lucky, J- JF will send you a signed headshot or something. <laughs> no one wants that well because you even have signed heads i don't even know no <laughs> I don't, no i don't i two about a month ago i paid a photographer to go get some headshots done and i still haven't scheduled that because i don't want to get my t- picture taken so my my plan of actually giving the photographer money in advance to force me to actually get the photos taken has not worked well that's unfortunate <laughs> the the interesting thing about all these methods these plotting methods though is that most of them, like we're creative individuals. If you're a writer, you're probably a creative individual or a very sophisticated robot. Kudos to you, Overlord. Um, which Make sure means you're one of the good, the good life engineered robots, though. No, well, yeah, Chipex <laughs> are, are are fun. Um, but the thing is, like most of these methods have a lot of room for uh, customization. 
So, like, the same way my interpretation of what I've read about the Snowflake method may be, like, it's parsed through my filters, like, any of these plotting methods can be seen that way. There's a one last plotting, plotting method. I hesitate to mention it because it's something that's kind of, I've, I think I've talked to you about it at least, um, it's very, quote unquote, cool, is um, the whole save the cat beat sheet method. Oh yeah, we talked about. It. We yeah, we talked about that. It. It's 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 a very cool thing. The problem is that it's extremely formulaic. If it, and I've I've seen people absolutely adore it, and I've seen people say never freaking use that. So I'm kind of on the fence. And the the reason why is that Save the Cat is a screen writing plotting device, not a book plotting writing device. There's a difference in your approach for that. So. Kind of like if you're into creating things that are very cinematic and you want to hit the standard beats that you know, popular movies hit, Save the Cat is probably your bread and butter. You want to read it, understand it, know the rules, break the ones that you want. If you want to do things that are more like you want to do a bit more of your own thing, again, be aware of what exists, but, you know, grain of salt. Right. Well, that's kind of what we came up. That's kind of where we came to when we did talk about it off, mm-hmm. off the uh, off air or whatever. Um, it was kind of like, yeah, you should read it because I was asking about it because I had heard of it and I just didn't know. I didn't know. And but you had said you'd read it, and I was like, tell me a little bit about it. And you, you know, you explained it, and then you were like, you know, you should probably pick it up and read it, but you know, take it for what you will. You could use it or you could not use it, which is totally what I mean. I love that because for. For the writing that I like to do, I I don't really necessarily want any any kind of guide. That's why I've kind of don't know what I'm doing plot wise. I don't, and that sounds terrible, but what I mean is I don't have a formulaic plot structure usually mm-hmm. because I don't I don't care to do that when I write. I mean, I I understand it. I like plot structure. I understand like how things work with Act One, Act Two, and Act Three for the most part, right? Um, that's that's a kind of a standard way to do it. Um, I just don't. I don't know. I wanted to try to like uh, stretch my legs out, if you want to say, if you want to put it that way. I wanted to, to try something outside of the box. You know, yeah, that's me though. I mean, everybody's different. My 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 theory, and this is very much like my uh, from a design <clears throat> background. Um, and this is a discussion that we've had, uh, I've had with other designers. It, the best way to think outside of the box is to understand where, how the box is, how, what it's made of, how big it is. You have to know the box to think outside of the box. Right. Um, and this comes up a lot in graphic design and marketing because a lot of people that don't necessarily have the training to understand the quote unquote box, what they do is that they're doing something crazy that they think, oh man, because I don't know how this works, I'm off the walls. And the people that are experienced go, no, you're clearly within the confines of the box. You're just in that corner that no one goes because it's the bad corner where things that suck reside. <laughs> I'm not saying that's what you're doing, but I'm saying... No, I understand. I just think and, it's a funny way to yeah, put it. <laughs> knowing, knowing about the techniques doesn't force you to use them, but it allows you to understand why they exist and Knowing the rules makes you better equipped to know where to break them. So my final tip is just educate yourself as much as possible. Most of our listeners are probably more educated than I am about writing in plot structures because they're less new than I am to this, uh, this, this story. But anyways, 
that that's my take on it. You sh- everybody should just learn as much as possible and then break the rules, not vice versa. I agree. And that's why I came here tonight to learn. And I hope you have learned, Paul. I have. You learned. I, have. I yelled. Everyone's happy. Yes. We haven't had another successful episode of Right Brain. So, um, in the future, speaking of Right Brain, in the future, uh, as soon as next week, we will probably be having our uh, a special guests. If I'm incorrect, then I'm sorry. But I think that's what's on the um, schedule. Uh, okay, well, I, I can probably I reveal <laughs> some of our schedule that we have right now. Um, no, no, just, no, we'll save. Just you want to say it? You want to say it? Yeah, okay, fine, fine. We, yeah. But... Let me just say, we I just have... wanted to get them back next week, you know. Yeah. Next week, special Absolutely. guest. Well, they might just Besides be excited about just this. JF and I, maybe, yeah. possibly. Uh, we have at least four guests. All of them, I'm super excited to talk to coming coming up in the before the end of the year. And um, yeah, I think that'll wrap us up for this week because uh, uh, I I don't want to spoil too much. So, um, what do you say, JF? Where can we find you online? The best place to find me is on the Twitter at JF Dubo. That's at JFDUBEAU or at JFDubo.com. That's my website where you will find information about my books and any other projects I do. I paint toy soldiers. How about you, Paul? Where can people find more about you? I am also on the internet at PaulInmanSC.com, P A U L I N M A N S C.com, and Twitter at PaulInmanSC. Instagram, Paul Inman SC. You kind of get the theme here. So, um, yeah, find me there. And you can, uh, you know, maybe um, review Ageless on Amazon and Goodreads. And review The Life Engineered on Amazon and Goodreads. You should. Because your reviews are important. You can also um, tweet us on RightBrain, um, at our RightBrain Twitter, I should say, at RightBrain underscore Send us some um, mind map pictures and some plot structure information um, because I need your help. I mean, we <laughs> want to see your stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. And as always, JF, you are in Canada and I am in the United States. As always, that will never, <laughs> ever change. Unless we're at Dragon Con again together. Well, actually, I've got like a lot of U.S. travel coming next year. Oh, okay. Just leave me out, okay? I'm going to be over here alone left out. Sounds like a plan. See you next week, guys.